Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores, a wonderful place. I like to hang out there and go through the nuts and bolts of life. Brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1238, Feb 2nd, 2024. Now, is today Groundhog Day? Yes, day, sir. Or was yes. yesterday? Did we see the shadow of the. Why wouldn't it be Feb? Gopher? Why is it Feb 2 and not Feb 1? I, I wasn't in charge. It's always Feb 2. Fine. 48 <laughs> degrees on this day in 19. Whoa. Wow. And 32 below on this day in 1996. And I occasionally uh, offer a note just to be mindful of winter. On this day. Uh, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. In 2016, <laughs> we had eight inches of snow. Huh. And now there you go, Rook. You can play the sounder. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Sushir. I don't know if he does this every year, but Timbuktu is a listener who he likes to explore things and do the th- kinds of things that if I had a professional staff, they would do. Hmm. Uh, oh. Here are some notes about Groundhog Day. Apparently, Punxsutawney Phil came out today. Hey, at least we know the date of it, okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. the date down. Yeah. We get credit for that. And we know that he, uh, it was cloudy, so there's not an early spring, right? Early so spring? he did not see a shadow. Correct. Which right. means an early spring. Right. There yeah. you go. Well, spring's well, here. Do you know that the groundhog is a member of the squirrel family? Yeah. We okay. D- we, we did know that. It's also known as a woodchuck or a whistle pig. Yeah. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. The yes. name Whistle Pig comes from the groundhog's habit of making a high-pitched whistling sound as a warning to other groundhogs when they feel threatened. Right really? before that twenty-two hollow point hits them in the chest. Do you know that groundhogs are mostly solitary? They only emerge in midwinter to find a mate. In that oh, respect, they are akin undefeated. to many to many humans. <laughs> uh, the Groundhog Day film starring Bill Murray was not filmed in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, or even Gobbler's Knob. It was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. It was. Did you know that? I did not know that, and I love that movie. Uh, This guy should do more tidbits and notes for a different Well, here's one for you, Kenny. (laughs) Dirt alert, dirt alert, Uh, dirt alert, dirt alert. Groundhogs are edible. The Pennsylvania Game Commission says about 36,000 hunters reported killing more than 200,000 groundhogs last year. Game Commission spokesman Travis Lau found groundhog a bit stinky to clean with thick skin. It was actually really good, no doubt about it. And to my taste, more like beef than venison is, Lau said. The whole family ate it and liked it. And and, uh, Kenny, what county are you in? I'm praying I get the right answer. Uh, Douglas. <laughs> in Minnesota, most groundhog meat is consumed in Douglas County. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Here's news from where, the Grammy Coffee Shop. Where it is considered a delicacy I, oh, my and word. often served at Super Bowl parties. Oh, God. 
I usually use a shovel and I throw it into the wood, into the uh, brush pile. Well, there you are, Douglas County. Although that's I won't even touch it. Meat. None of that answered your initial question, which was, why is it the second? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have it here. Okay, because I am doing work for the show. Right. See, and you checked out about four years ago. Pennsylvania <laughs> Dutch were immigrants from German-speaking areas of Europe. The Germans had a tradition of making, marking, excuse me, Candelamas, February 2nd, as Badger Day, on which if a badger emerging from its den encountered a sunny day, thereby casting a shadow, it heralded four more weeks of winter. Honey badger don't give a damn. That's right. I love the name Whistlepig. Yeah. That is, that's pretty cool. Wasn't there a group called Whistlepig? It should be a band or a bar <laughs> or... I think there was a band called Whistlepig. Uh, Maybe it's a song. A town, Whistlepig, Minnesota. That's up in Douglas County. Right there on the border of Otter Tail and Douglas. Here's Kenny with news from the crappy coffee shop. So I shot myself a Whistlepig yonder the other day. <laughs> Do you know Mr. that... Sushere, uh, what? There, there's a bluegrass band called the Whistlepig. I told you. I know my music, obviously, more than you do. Well, yeah. yeah, good one. <laughs> Say, uh, a guy named oh, John Gonzalez reports from St. Cloud that lilac trees are budding in St. Cloud. Me. Isn't that amazing? Well, they're, you know what they are? Confused. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to get mosquitoes in about 10 days? I don't know. Hmm. And Jenny writes, I agree with your comments. Why doesn't Ilhan Omar go back to Somalia to fight for their causes? The thing I would like to note is why do groups keep referring to themselves as Somalian-American, Hmong-American, Arab-American, African-American? And I can go on and on. Don't these titles just separate us more? Do they use titles thinking they may one day go back to the homeland? So do I refer to myself as a Polish-German-Irish-American? I have a few question marks in my heritage. Would I use uh, What would I use for that? Please note, my husband and I drive a 2022 F-350 diesel pickup and tow our 30-foot fifth-wheel camper. My husband, uh, it, my husband kept, what the hell is a 2002 F-250 diesel to haul his 1942 John Deere tractor to tractor pulls, and she signs off, which is why I read the email. Let the black smoke roll. All right. She's a GL. Rolling coal. All right. Let's get down to the world ending. How can you have a world? How can you have a country? When we're now uh, noting that if Walgreens closes in a certain neighborhood that might be predominantly of color, but they're closing because of how stripped they're getting from, from theft, that Walgreens is racist. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. You have a member of the so-called squad in Washington, D.C., Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. She condemns Walgreens. In fact, she condemned Walgreens on the U.S. House floor Tuesday for closing a pharmacy in Roxbury. That's in the Boston area. An act, Presley said, will deepen racial, economic, and health care inequalities for marginalized groups. Well, then, then those marginalized groups should not be robbing Walgreens because then they can't make any money. 
addressing the U.S. House Speaker of the state, the state's Democratic representative for District 7. I mean, that uh, must mean that she's from Massachusetts, right? Said the pharmacy store chain is abandoning low-income communities in the district and leaving communities without access to medication and baby formula. The closures are not arbitrary and they're not innocent, Presley said. They are life-threatening acts of racial and economic discrimination. Theft is not. No. (laughs) The uh, Walgreens uh, in Roxbury closed Wednesday. Uh, The decision to close the pharmacy, one of 18 across Boston, sparked a public outcry who said the closing of the pharmacy would make it harder for people to get their stuff. Roxbury is a majority minority community with over 30% of residents identifying as black. Walgreens has announced additional location closures in Hyde Park and Mattapan, both majority black communities. The closure is part of a larger trend of abandoning low-income communities like the previous closures, both in the Massachusetts 7th District, Presley said. When the closure was announced, Walgreens said patient files would be transferred to the nearest open location, but the nearest Walgreens is a mile away, complicating transportation for seniors Those with mobility restrictions and those without access to cars. Shame on you, Walgreens. Is Walgreen, uh, who owns that? Is that Walmart? No. No. That's distinct from all. Okay. I'll look. Shame on you, Walgreens, Presley said in her speech. Having a website with talking points about health equity in underserved communities is not enough. Walgreens is a multi-billion dollar corporation that needs to put their money where their mouth is and stop divesting from black and brown communities. Aren't they franchisees, though? I have no idea. Uh, It is formerly Walgreens Drug Company, trade name. It's a subsidiary of... I don't care. Okay. If I've I've witnessed it. Walgreens Boots Alliance is the parent company. I've witnessed it in not a predominantly black neighborhood. I've witnessed a theft in Walgreens by black customers, but it's not in a predominantly black neighborhood, which unfortunately is germane to the discussion because who is it that's been robbing the stores blind in Roxbury? The residents. You think it's a bunch of Swedish people? No. So what are they supposed to do? Well, I can tell you what they're supposed to do. According to the likes of Ayanna Presley, they're supposed to stay open and just take it. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there's movements to change the criminal code. In fact, you could look that up. I think she or others are are advocating... uh, it's not theft if you get less than $1,000 worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Well then, well, then what's the point of having the store? And that's why what Kenny said yesterday is prevalent here, because in the likes of, of, of her mind, they should just sit and take it. But then, okay, so what's going to prevent, once this store closes, the next one's going to get hit. So then what are they supposed to do? Well, I don't know, but I guess we're supposed to allow theft up to $1,000. And it's because elected idiots like this have no answers. That's the problem. Do you think, uh, I have a question, only because Walgreens is not blaming theft, should the company blame theft if that's the reason? 
You know what I mean? They they use a word called shrinkage. They're not using the word shrinkage. I, trust me, I know what shrinkage is. No, but hey that's now. true. But but John, didn't we <laughs> have this I? discussion a while back where there were some companies that re, that didn't want to go down this road because well, they were they were worried about reason. public backlash. Here's what their uh, statement said. Walgreens is citing changes in the market and buying habits of customers in Roxbury as factors in the decision. So that wouldn't that wouldn't include theft, but should they in- include theft? Well, I think I think reason? it is theft, and they're they're uh, too woke to try to say it. That's a, yeah, that's, that's exactly. that was my question. Should they address that? Of course or? they should. Of course they should. But they're in a in a small way, caving to public pressure, and the likes of whatever her name is. Rook, you got a you have the audio from a Chicago alderman. You like the word alderman. You want to be an alderman. I would love to be an alderman. Chicago's ninth ward alderman Anthony Beal. Do you have audio of yes. him? Let me set this up. He apparently is fed up with City Hall handing out freebies to illegals, and says the large amount of welfare border crossers are a lot. The large amount they are allotted is serving as an advertisement for even more to come here. During a recent address made, uh, address made on the floor of the Chicago City Council, Beal said that illegals are being poor, paid more than $9,000 a month in free child care, housing vouchers, food, clothing, education, legal help, and other services. Now, I've said this before, Beal said, if you give me three meals, housing, health care, education, a voucher for nine grand, you know what? I'd come to Chicago, too. And that's what they're doing. They're telling people and they're sending money back to Chicago. I mean, back to Venezuela to to come to Chicago because they're saying, hey, the good times are rolling here. They're taking care of everybody. Now, when we have when we have. Venezuelans driving cars, and where did they get the driver's license? Where do they get the insurance? And I got a note from uh, Jordy that says American veterans don't even get nine; they get about three grand a month, thirty-seven hundred grand what a, a month. Joke. Beal has become a major opponent of Mayor Brandon Johnson, who's just a uh, just a, a toady of the teachers' unions. Uh, well, let's hear from Beal. Can't, uh, uh, yep. uh, Rook. Now, I've said this before. If you give me three meals, housing, child care, education, a voucher for $9,000, you know what? I come to Chicago, too. Amen. And that's what they're doing. They're telling people and they're sending money back to Chicago, I mean, back to Venezuela, to come to Chicago because they're saying, hey, the good times are rolling there. They're taking care of everybody. Now, when we have, when we have Venezuelans that are driving cars, where'd they get a driver's license? Where did they get insurance from? And then you have Venezuelans being caught with drugs and guns. Where are they getting them from? people in Chicago. <laughs> I I don't necessarily want to fight you or him on this, and, and I, I pretty much agree on what he's saying, but he makes it sound like they're getting checks written out to them for $9,000 every month, and it's not like that. I mean, he spelled it out. They're getting Edu- $9,000 worth of pr- goods. 
Yeah, and some of those services, I'm guessing, they're not taking advantage of if they don't have kids or they don't need health care or whatever. But I I agree with, you know, his direction, but it could be a little more clear. I mean, it's not like they're cashing $9,000 checks. And I would really like to get to the bottom of what the veterans own, because that little statement that Jordy included really lit a fire under me. That's... Mm -hmm. That's um, apocryphal, if that's the case. Well, maybe the theme of today's show is we just can't have a country like this. Yeah, unfortunately, we do. Yeah. We're not headed that way. We're it's there. Falling apart. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you insist that it's already fallen apart. Oh, my God, Joe. We're fighting over who Tay-Tay spawned, who Tay-Tay wants to win the, the president. What are we doing? Well, we're not. Uh, there are only the the uh, people whose genitals have been bequeathed to Trump are fighting about that. <laughs> well, nothing's going to change until you get. It's just none of this is worth. That's not God. Help us, please. People please, have forgotten Lord. to say who gives a bleep. Yeah, they've forgotten how to say it. Yeah, who gives a bleep? She's a, she's the high school sweetheart. He's the football lug. And uh, they're they're happy uh, apparently, and uh, don't care who they vote for, don't care how much money they have, and now don't the, care about any of that. You know, may God bless them. After this gets put through the MAGA meat grinder, she's a secret double agent for the Pentagon who's going to destroy the Super Bowl, and then uh, she's going to unleash forty-eight trillion votes for for Biden. I don't understand and, where they come up with this and it BS. goes the same way. I mean. If this was Kid Rock and, I don't know, pick some right-wing Roseanne, hell, I don't know, pick somebody, it would be the same thing coming from the left. It's just our preoccupation here is ridiculous. None of this is worth talking about. According to Jordy, and I don't know how he knows this, a 100% disabled vet with a spouse gets $3,946 a month. God, that is not right. And he he was noting this in comparing uh, $9,000 worth of, a month worth of freebies. You're hearing that from the, their, their own alderman uh, in Chicago handed out to illegals. Well, I mean, these 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 paradoxes are are endless uh, in this country. Uh You know, as I said before, you've you've got college people uh, getting away with saying they don't understand how a loan works, but a five-year-old knows perfectly well and understands everything about changing his or her gender. Uh, it's just uh, we're in a bad way, and and uh, unfortunately, garage logic is not real. It's a an imaginary place of solace and reason and rationality. Do we vote early in GL? We don't. Okay. We vote on election day. I see. And Joe, both of those analogies you mentioned, too, are the fault of their upbringing. Mm-hmm. Five-year-old wanting to change, uh, a teenager or a college kid not knowing uh, how to work alone. That That's the fault of the parents. Mm-hmm. Adults. I was given uh, some stern financial lessons from my father back in the day. When I tended to uh, treat my fiduciary responsibilities, shall we say, too casually, hmm. uh, I heard about it. 
Mine was, you should buy that snowmobile and worry about paying for it later. Yeah, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I wanted to Because that's that. a cool sled. Did, did part you of, should definitely buy it. Did part of the fiduciary responsibility given by your father, was that sign, selling the signs on the side of the car? No, that was one of his scams that uh, really didn't pan out. It just didn't pan out. I came back, the sign was missing. And the only thing we concluded was in the median on Highway 61. Got it. Because those magnetic signs blew off. Didn't hold. How did the young uh, Joey Suchere, the preteen Joe, how did he make uh, some spendable income to buy baseball cards and whatnot? I had a variety of menial jobs. These are like Angel Martin get-rich-quick schemes? No, no, where I cut built... grass and worked at the grocery store and the whole deal. You know, you work on the docks? I have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I, uh, I flew cardboard. You know. <laughs> Did you ever clean carpets? Nope. Because if you did clean carpets, the only place that you would want to work for is zero res. Yeah. Is he qualified to go, you think? I don't think he could clean a carpet. Not 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 the way yeah. zero res not does. Not only that, I don't want to. Right. Well, I want as a, zero res to do it. As a former carpet cleaner myself, I was in the industry, so I speak with authority. Yes. And zero res is the authority on cleaning your carpets. February is the month for love. When's the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? Never. Really? Well, zero res is going to change that. <laughs> You've never gotten down on your hands and knees never. and adored how clean and refreshed it was. Never. I'm shocked. I think everybody does. Or are you afraid you might what you that you might smell something bad or see something ugly? No. The only thing I do is I look for small items that a kid could swallow. Okay. All right. That's close. Those up. That's a small amount of love. That's a level of love we can agree with. All I got. Carpets. One of your biggest investments in your home, but it's also the biggest air filter as well. If your carpet hasn't been professionally cleaned. Then you're breathing unhealthy levels of nasty dirt, dander, bacteria, germs, all sorts of bad junk. And what's worse, you're going to be stuck inside because the windows are going to be shut for months. Lucky for you, Zero Res is going to spread the love to you and your home with the Love Your Rug special. Zero Res has over 17,000 reviews on Google and a 4.9 rating. And right now, get three months Zero Resified starting at just 119 bucks, And a free haul. He'll throw it in. Forget Dirt and Dander in their favorite hiding spot. That's your air ducts. This month, take 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts Zero Res clean. Call Zero Res right now, 952-ZERO-RES, or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the Rookie Love Special. Protect your employees and customers by getting your ziz, uh, business carpet zero resified as well. <laughs> zero resified is a big word, Joe. Hey, let's go here. The pros at zero is <laughs> call today for your commercial cleaning estimate, 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, spelled forwards or backwards. It's spelled the same, zero res. 259-59. Hey everybody, it's John here and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes 
Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to Factormeals.com slash GarageLogic50 and use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 at Factormeals.com slash GarageLogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. To the other side. May I talk about plagiarism at Harvard? It's rearing up again. And I, I can explain why this is happening. You may. Based on years of professorship at the University of Garage Logic, I can explain to you why this is happening. Uh, the latest is a uh, woman uh, named uh, LeVar Charleston. Uh, oh, that's her husband. Her husband's name, LeVar. Her name Burton. is Sherry Ann Charleston. She's Harvard University's Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer. Love it. All right. And the complaint against her uh, alleges that uh, this young woman failed to properly cite a study written by her husband, LeVar Charleston, in 2009. LeVar is currently the University of Wisconsin-Madison's Deputy Vice Chancellor for Diversity and Inclusion. Now, pay attention and stay with me. Uh-huh. The uh, That alleged incidence of plagiarism came after Charleston rehashed large portions of her husband's paper in a peer-reviewed article they co-authored in 2014. The 2014 article published in the Journal of Negro Education. They still have a, a, a journal called Negro Education? You don't subscribe? I don't get that one. Had the same findings, method, and survey subject subject descriptions included in Charleston Husband's original paper. LeVar, that would be LeVar. Mm -hmm. You cannot just republish an old paper as if it is a new paper, Lee Jussum, a social psychologist at Rutgers, said. If you do, that is not exactly plagiarism. It's more like fraud. Charleston did not immediately respond to a request from the New York Post to comment about the plagiarism allegations. The New York Post will cover it. It's unlikely that the New York Times is covering this. Reps for Harvard also did not respond on whether they were probing the claims. In addition to Harvard, the complaint was reportedly filed with the University of Michigan and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Charleston, a historian, joined Harvard as the school's first chief diversity officer in late 2020 after holding a similar, similar role at Madison. 
The fresh allegations are just the latest of claims leveled against Harvard-affiliated researchers or employees after the Ivy League school's president stepped down from her prestigious post following weeks of controversy over her own academic record. That would be Claudine Gay. Uh, she was hit with 50 accusations of plagiarism or inadequate. That's only 50? Yeah, let me, I can explain why this is happening. Uh, serious question. Do you guys know why this is happening? It's because, come up before in GL. Uh, because people are being lazy and are not putting the effort into their craft. Well, that that's an acceptable uh, aspect of the answer, but that's not the answer. Okay. The answer is that there is no means of even producing work on something called divorce, diversity or inclusion. It's all made up. So therefore, w- when you are tasked with, you know, to get a degree, they might say, we need a paper. Well, it might be tempting, especially if you're married, to go with the paper your old man faked five years previously. Okay. Because there is nothing to write about it. Well, there are no, there is nothing to, to learn. This is all made up. When you take courses that can't be graded or, me- no, better yet, when you take courses that can't, you can't flunk, this is what you end up with. You end up with the, the people in this made-up industry of diversity and inclusion essentially just borrowing from each other, there being nowhere else to look for this BS. Because there isn't any There isn't any. You have to make it up. Mm -hmm. So you either end this nonsense, which the, the colleges, they're so heavily invested in, it's why the academy... One of the main reasons the academy has failed. You either you either acknowledge this and allow these frauds who hold these positions to remain fraudulent, or you end this. You no longer have offices of diversity and inclusion, which is unlikely for them to take that step. It's just it's what they should do to uh, to uh, to rescue the failed academy, but they won't. But this doesn't surprise me. If you're if you're taking courses and you you're actually pretending you're getting a degree in in diversity and inclusion or whatever the hell the diver, the degree would be called, you're fated to not know anything because you're not studying anything. Well, and it's so easy now. And as I mentioned earlier, the copy and paste generation that's here, they've been doing this their entire academic life. Um, I agree with everything you said, but they're actually, they can actually use these degrees out in the real world because we're seeing more and more private companies with, you know, like you've mentioned with these sort of right. divisions Insurance and branches and banks and law right. firms and whatever right. They're, right. Well, because uh, they're, they're buying into the BS. Right. And local governments and state governments. And it's all yeah. nonsense. It's meaningless. But it's actually, isn't it smarter than, like, say, getting a degree in philosophy? You know, the old, what are you going to open up a philosophy shop? You know, you know what I mean, Joe? 
No, it, but getting a degree in philosophy it, would require you to study pre-existing could, truths. You're, you're right about that. Yeah, you are right. But as far as no, you end up selling tires at Discount Tire, but that's neither <laughs> right. here nor there. But as far as that, at least be a job. But Joe, you would actually use your degree in DEI being hired by one of these companies. Yes, but using it under false pretenses of this app having yeah, any right meaning whatsoever. Yeah, you're it's right about meaningless. that. Well, yeah. you have totally meaningless. Totally meaningless. I, I don't think that figures into their thinking. But you have two avenues with something like that. You either have a career in politics or you have a career in education. Uh, and they're both using it to get rich. Right. But here, here, let, review this a minute. This, this, this gal at Harvard now, she's got this probably a 200 grand a year job at Harvard as the diversity and inclusion officer. I'm yep. sorry, the chief diversity and inclusion officer, which presupposes there are junior diversity and inclusion officers. Oh boy. Her name is Sherry Ann Charleston. Now she's accused of plagiarism. Why? Well, she took a piece that her husband, Lavar, he's at the diversity and inclusion at Madison. They have, they have a they have that kind of marriage Kenny approves of. They don't see each other. <laughs> yeah, the and, best and, kind. <laughs> and and he wrote he wrote his phony piece in two thousand nine. By phony, I mean uh, he he probably had to have some creative skills to just make it up because there's nothing to base it on. So right. he creates his paper in two thousand nine, and here's here's Sherry Ann. You're not going to deny the misses. She's but, looking a little sideways at the kitchen table thinking, well, hell, I'll just use that. And now Harvard catches on to this. We don't even know if Harvard, if Harvard will will pursue this because you can't correct it. There's nothing to correct. I, I'm not upset about this because early on, you know, as you know, I've been married about 80 years now. Uh, early on in the marriage, uh, there were two paychecks, and I discovered that both of those paychecks were our money. Mm -hmm. My check wasn't my check. Hers wasn't hers. It was our money. So this paper is our paper. <laughs> That's how it works. Well, I, I, you know what? You're not far off at all. Well, it's, it's this so was absurd. A family production. <laughs> yeah, it's so absurd that it's right. Yes. <laughs> Once uh, again. But, but the answer for the plagiarism is it stands to reason that you're going to be borrowing from your neighbor, your friend, or your husband because there is there is nothing for you to establish on your own. It's all well. Sure, she should have made up her own BS, but instead she borrowed the husband's BS. Couldn't even do that. So she couldn't make up her own BS. She went with LeVar's BS from five years ago or ten years but, ago or whatever the uh, hell it was. Take a look at her salary. Like you said, it could be up to two hundred k. Oh, she's making two hundred grand. She's got an office. She's got people that pretend that they're actually doing something. It's well, it's I'd a complete. Probably, uh, it's yeah. a complete joke. I'd and Harvard has say, become uh, a complete joke. I'd I'd do it for two hundred k. I'd throw everything. I'd throw it. Yeah. You know what? It would drive he's you so it. crazy after a week. You'd leave. And he's got his number. He's got his number. Yeah, we know what your number is. It's hey, two hundred. You think it could be any worse than Hey, Westbound four ninety four is back in stack. <laughs> Couldn't be any worse than that. It's true. You've been plagiarizing traffic reports for fifteen years. <laughs>
Can I say a quick note? That that's my speech. I've been saving that. Uh, there, there, to me, it's perfectly understandable. And Claudine Gay, come on. Well, you know, Harvard was so excited to have a, a woman president, and then a bonus would be that she'd be a black woman president. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure she had some difficulties making up her own BS, so she borrowed other BS because they're not studying anything written in stone. They're studying things that are as free-moving as a river. They're just It's just all made up crap, and it has nothing to do with anything. It's one of the reasons the Academy has completely failed. Amen, brother. Amen. I am noticing uh, um, some changes, though, in certain states and cities and municipalities where they are throwing DEI to the curb. There's going to be a lot of people out of work. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine how many thousand uh, people there are employed in this nonsense and actually getting paid. And then when they do apply it, it generally is a screw-up. Witness the uh, president of Hamlin trying to can a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't inclusive and, you know, sensitive enough. Uh, may I note also that we now know that arsonists have attempted to completely destroy the offices of the uh, Center of the American Experiment. Did you note that? In the uh, news? That ought to make him go mm-hmm. away, huh? Now, was that noted in our conventional news gathering institution? I saw it first via social media. Mm-hmm. And was there any uh, legislators who weighed in? Representative Andy Smith. Get your um, hand away from your mouth. When you're talking, you were talking into your fist. Representative Andy Smith, who came up on yesterday's program, Joe. He's the Rochester fellow who wants to tax unrealized income because he doesn't know what that means. Yeah, he had a he had a laugh over this. Over he the laughed matter. about this. He did. That's all you need to know about him. And then he uh, subsequently deleted his entire account. So you laugh at the misfortune of other people, huh? Some people do. Well, he's pathetic then. It's the same crowd that laughs at the precinct building burning down. Yeah. Right. That's a shame that we have to be burdened by this kind of what's called leadership. It really emphasizes, uh, emphasizes how poorly we're led. That we've elected in Rochester, or you people in Rochester have elected this uh, not very serious fool who thinks it's funny that someone's office building was destroyed. Yeah. Because they happen to have reasonable thoughts, mm-hmm. that they're rational thinkers. And he wasn't alone. I mean, this there was there were others. I don't know that they're in the public spectrum that he is, but there were other people that had the same reaction that he did. It's it's a joke. Because the left are not the the left at heart are very mean spirited people. Remember, they don't like people. Mysterians don't like people, so they find it very easy to find these things humorous. They don't like people. They're mean, mean-spirited people. I tell you what, that doesn't work for me. Uh, but you know what does work for me? Seafoam. Hmm. Seafoam works for me. What doesn't uh, work for you? Being mean-spirited? Uh, and here's more real-world proof that seafoam works for GLers all over our area. GLer Steve, he writes, uh, Hey there, just a quick story about seafoam. 
I've been kind of a naysayer of it, but I took your advice and I used it. I have a couple Skidoo 600 E-Techs and decided to take them out on the lake to at least see if they still work this year. One was especially doggy in the mid-range, about 50, 60 miles per hour. The other one, though, was great. It would stand straight up on end. I put in about six ounces of seafoam, which is a stout dose, and then I went out and Ran her up and down her bay a few times, and after about 10 minutes, it was faster than the other one. Thanks for the recommendation. Well, I can tell you, Steve, it's my pleasure. Seafoam works in uh, ditch pickles, ski don'ts, yamablas, and polar asses, and every other gasoline and diesel-fired engine on the planet. It's It's truly a miracle for tiny, from tiny engines to enormous engines, Seafoam works. Just another wonderful product from our friends at Seafoam. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Well, here's John Haidt. Thank you, Joe. This news is brought to you by North American Banking Company. Yeah, we talked about this a little before, but let's uh, let's get it out of the way right now. Uh, the apparently very tasty Puxatawney Phil did not see his shadow. That indicates early spring. So, well, we're noting that here, aren't we, John? Yes, we are. We've had spring already for a few days. Feels like spring. I love it. I love it. I love it. I Something interesting. I don't see anybody complaining about this weather. Do you know anybody complaining about it? I mean, the same people who are, are hysterical about we're ruining the earth. They sure as hell are enjoying this weather. Who always complains about the weather, no matter what the weather is? Who? Farmers. Oh. This always? is really bad. This is, like really, this is really bad for us. Yeah, well, or they for farmers, like it if it was perfect. Me. Right, but yeah. the ground needs the moisture. Okay, let's have some rain. On a personal note, uh, when I talk about the weather at my house, my wife gets angry with me. Okay. And my brother calls me about once a week to talk about the weather, and she storms out of the room, drives her absolutely crazy. Huh. Is that She's a, from a here, though. Thing, huh? She's from here, though, right? She's from the Twin Cities, yes. Oh, that's surprising. Why? Uh, because if, if we didn't if we didn't talk about the weather, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> well, just, other... just think, we're experiencing... A non-winter, and uh, we might there might not be another one for a hundred years. It's pretty interesting. We're we're experiencing one. Our I'm own, okay with it. Our own selves. <laughs> in other news, according to the latest poll from our friends uh, downstairs in the building there at KSTP and Survey USA, not everyone is pleased with that spending spree Democrats went on at the last legislative session. Uh, Dems, of course, as we've talked about a million times, created new departments, new initiatives that pretty much spent an entire $18.5 billion surplus. When asked about the nearly 40% increase in state spending over the next two years, 40% of respondents said it was too much. Another 26% said it was the right amount. 11% said it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, How many I said, I don't know. Yeah, well, let's see if we add 40, 66, 77. So there's 23% missing there, right? I have I no opinion. Yeah. Did you say 11% said we didn't spend enough? Yeah, you got to spend more. You got to spend more. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, now, uh, also gas tax increases tied to the rate of inflation and a one cent increase in metro area sales tax. 55% said that was too much. 27% said it was the right amount. And 6% said the increases were not high enough. Majority of poll respondents also think rebates approved by the state legislature and governor were not enough. Many Minnesotans received $520 per couple or $260 per individual, with some getting more if they had dependent children. 58% said the rebates were not enough. 22 said the right amount. 7 said they were too much. Uh, while all those moves reflect badly, of course, on Democrats, the poll does say Minnesotans were in favor of a couple of other moves the Democrats made. For instance, the paid family and medical leave that starts in 2026 has the support of 61% of those surveyed. Only 20% are against the program. Recreational marijuana and cannabis products will be available for retail sales starting next year. And poll respondents were high on that idea. <laughs> get it? High on that idea. I get uh, it. 65% approving of the new law and only 26% opposed. The most popular new legislation approved by the Democratic majority, free breakfast and lunch for Minnesota school students. 72% approved that idea, 21% opposed. Of the respondents included in the survey, 36% identified as Democrats, 33% as Republicans, 24% as independents. Hennepin County prosecutors intend to pursue an aggravated sentence in the event the Minnesota State Trooper charged with fatally shooting a motorist last summer is convicted at trial. Ryan Lundgren is charged with second-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter, and first-degree assault in connection with the death of Ricky Cobb II. A one-page notice filed yesterday says prosecutors will seek to prove in court that Lundgren committed other offenses on separate occasions and request the judge issue a tougher sentence if he's convicted. In a statement, the Hennepin County Attorney's Office clarified its position, stating it is a preliminary and standard filing required by court rules. The Lundgren's defense team, Christopher Medell, asserted his client has never had any other complaints against him. He said this is total, utter nonsense. Trooper Ryan is innocent. Lundgren made his first court appearance on Monday. The judge released him without bail on the condition that he surrender his passport and remain law-abiding. The next hearing in the case scheduled for April 29. What are they doing to this kid? He's, what, 27 years old? Yep. What are they doing? Yep. And they're claiming they find other things that he did wrong? Yeah, well, a, he, he didn't do anything wrong work. in this case. And yeah. B, what are they? They, they? His lawyers say he's got medals of appreciation. Yeah. What is wrong no with these people? A Golden Valley office building that houses three conservative groups was damaged by fire Sunday morning. The groups say the fire was intentionally started. Center of the American Experiment, Take Charge, and the Upper Midwest Law Center all have offices in the building. They say they were singled out for their views. The ATF says it's investigating the fire alongside the FBI and local authorities. The building's been closed off. All the investigation is underway. And photos and video from inside reveal extensive damage that could take months to repair. Isn't Take fires... Charge Kendall Qualls? Yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. The fires allegedly set on the first and third floors, which would seem to indicate that certainly is arson, huh? Yep. Uh, take Charge and Center of the American Experiment have offices on the ground floor. The Upper Midwest Law Center is on the third floor. Star Tribune reporting the manager of a Chick-fil-A at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport skimmed more than $140,000 from his dining location and a sister restaurant. 
and spent the money on a sex-oriented website and online sports betting. Hundred forty grand. Wow. Thomas Hill Jr. was charged in U.S. District Court in Minneapolis with five counts of wire fraud in connection with the embezzling that spanned 13 months until last fall. He was charged by summons. He makes his first court appearance February 14th. According to the charges, from September 2022 until October 2023, while collecting the daily cash receipts from Chick-fil-A and Cetabello, both franchised by The Grove, based in Chicago, instead of storing the money in a safe deposit box as required, Hill pocketed some or all of the cash, according to the indictment, in all 144 grand. Hill covered up the scheme by using future cash receipts to conceal his thefts, creating the false impression the deposits were delayed rather than stolen. Hill spent his ill-gotten gains on online sports betting, jewelry, and on the OnlyFans website, a (laughs) subscription-based website known sexually explicit content that includes wow. celebrity performers. Wow. And he had his priorities so. in order, didn't yeah. he? I think the only Chick-fil-A I've ever had was from the airport. Hmm. It's pretty good. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you met Thomas. You never know. Maybe I did. You I contributed. No I did, yeah. Um, but he hasn't been had his day in court yet, right, John? February 14th. He'll be. It'll be interesting when we get to the um, sentencing date, what he gets and how much time he ends up serving. And it will be fun to compare that to the food fraud uh, guilty as charged people. That's right. That'll be a lot of fun. So maybe let's keep watching be, that one. Maybe he'll be allowed to go home. And, uh, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of soldiers from the Minnesota National Guard are on their way to the Middle East. A deployment ceremony held Thursday morning at Grace Church in Eden Prairie for the 34th Infantry Division Red Bulls, comprised of soldiers from 13 different states, including Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, North and South Dakota. A total of 550 soldiers will be in Kuwait for 10 months after a month of training in Texas. In national and international headlines, U.S. forces struck targets belonging to Yemen's Houthi rebels on Thursday, continuing an effort to degrade the Iranian-backed group's military capabilities. The strike comes as the U.S. gets ready for its response to a drone attack Sunday that killed three U.S. service members in Jordan. The enemy drone was launched from Iraq by a militia backed by Tehran and hit a U.S. outpost. The response to that attack could come as early as this weekend, is expected to unfold as a set of operations over several days, according to U.S. defense officials. U.S. Central Command, which is responsible for U.S. military operations in the Middle East, said it struck a Houthi drone ground control station, as well as several of the group's drones, after figuring out they presented what they called an imminent threat, a threat to merchant vessels and U.S. Navy ships in that region. Surprising economic numbers this morning, job growth posting a surprisingly strong increase in January. Non-farm payrolls expanded by 353,000 jobs for the month, much better than the Dow Jones estimate of 185,000. The unemployment rate, according to the Labor Department's Bureau of Labor Statistics, held at 3.7 percent against Dow's estimate of 3.8 percent. U.S. oil production has surged to a new record high of 13.3 million barrels a day last week. Yes, sir. No, finish this story. I have a comment oh, okay. about it. Sorry. The prior record was 13.2 million barrels a day, hit in November, and is above the pre-pandemic high of 13.1 million barrels reached in February 2020. America's steady rise in U.S. oil production has helped put a cap on prices, with the commodity down 8% year-to-date, even amid a flare-up in geopolitical tensions in the Middle East and as the U.S. economy remains on solid footing. Yes, sir. Well, it sounds like we're doing very well in oil production. 
Yeah, the most ever. Record. Well, but we were under the impression that we're not that we're handcuffed that we're not getting any oil, right? Which is imp- it? Obviously, we're doing fine, even though the gas prices are now suddenly back up. By the way, did you notice that? Well, we spun the wheel. No, it's uh, plant maintenance. Is that what it is? Cold weather in January. Plant maintenance, yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot of excuses. I don't, uh, boy. I, I'm a big champion of drill, baby, drill, and it, apparently we are. Which is fine with me. I love how you're asking us. Like we've got. Yeah, like, yeah. Why am I even looking at you? <laughs> Don't we need stairs. Jim, the oil guy. We need the oil guy. What the hell happened? The midgy Jim. Where are you? Hard times for lots of media sources, both broadcast and print, and now that's even hit your favorite newspaper, Joe, the Wall Street Journal. Uh-oh. The journal took a hatchet to its Washington bureau yesterday, laying off about 20 staffers in a restructuring that adds to a brutal start to 2024 for the journalism industry. The cuts focused on the bureau's economic reporters in Washington, which will be folded into the newspaper's New York-based business team. The bureau's team covering U.S. China news will be shut down. In an email to staffers, Editor-in-Chief Emma Tucker said the Journal's Washington Bureau will now focus specifically on politics, policy, defense, law, intelligence, and national security. If you think the country's screwed up now, despite what we think of newspapers, it'll be a lot more screwed up without them. St. <laughs> Paul, I could you could make the argument that St. Paul, a political machinations have grown increasingly worse without a newspaper there to watch over them. How do you explain Minneapolis then? Uh, uh, I, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. okay. Well, no, that's easy to explain. You, They don't do any wrong, according to the Minneapolis Star oh, Tribune. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're, 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 they're just another, hand. it's the publicity arm of the DFL. Yeah. uh, We talked about this a bit off air, I think. A conservative Republican senator from right next door to us is talking about Donald Trump's influence on his party, and he doesn't like it. Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota frustrated that so many of his GOP colleagues appear to defer their views on major issues to former President Trump. Kramer told Political, I just think it's unfortunate that we can't, as individual U.S. senators, take the time and the effort and intellectual honesty to study something on our own and make a decision. Donald Trump has an opinion, too, and that's great, but ours should be our opinion. But what, what's the plan? Because you've said this a lot over the last however many years it's been. If you're head of the Republican, what, what, what are you going to do? I mean, he's clearly the most popular. You know what I'm saying? I, well, I don't, they're, I, all, they're all they're, they're as loyal to him as that poor woman that Kanye West drags around on a leash. <laughs> But what, I guess, what, what's the alternative? What are you supposed to do? Uh, grow up and have a pair. Okay. The party's broken. Yeah. It's just Part dreadful. Party is, uh, but yeah. the guests at Mar-a-Lago can look at all of the genitals in the glass jars <laughs> and say, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Whose are those? Got that going for us. Yeah. <laughs> According to Politico, Kramer is part of uh, a growing number of GOP lawmakers in the Capitol who were irked about Trump's influence on Capitol Hill. Uh, yesterday, that included Dan Crenshaw from Texas, who said... It's about time we heard from the likes of him. Uh, Dan said perhaps uh, they should stop talking against the proposed immigration bill since there's no text of it yet. Nobody's seen it. Wait till it comes out to make your decision, is what Dan said, basically. 
An awful story from Florida. I, I always am amazed this doesn't happen more often. A preliminary FAA report published this morning says three people were killed last night in a fiery crash when a small plane smashed into a mobile home park in Clearwater, Florida. The FAA report list of three fatalities indicates one among the flight crew and two people on the ground. It happened about 7.30 in the evening last night. The FAA notes the aircraft crashed under unknown circumstances into the mobile home park, and there was a post-crash fire. There were no other occupants on the plane besides the pilot. Firefighters responded to the crash site at the Bayside Waters Mobile Home Park. And uh, they found four trailer homes on fire, which uh, one of which had the crashed plane inside, according to the fire chief. The plane was found predominantly in one mobile home. John, I'm curious as to why you think that doesn't that that uh, doesn't happen more often. I'm just uh, there's a lot a lot of planes yeah. in here, and uh, I'm just surprised we don't have more crashes on the ground that hit a. House or well, whatever. it's pretty safe it's industry. I mean, well, uh, I agree. Yes, yeah, yeah. Go, I know they expect. go through more checks than you would when you get in your car to go to the Fratellonis. Mm, tell that to Leonard Skinner. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes into a mobile home park. Sometimes little parts of the plane fly off, but aside from that, well, uh, yeah, you but you're also a guy who won't fly, so you're covered. Well, it's got nothing to do with being afraid of flying. Though. We've been through this. How about that well, story? It's claustrophobia. I, I love to fly, I, but I have you ever flown? Yeah, dozens of times. Right. Helicopters, Jesus, Joe. Could you chill out for a second? Why? Well, you know, he's got the claustro. Just, just try well, being nice for I, a minute. I don't, don't want to be. Ten years, you know. It's How about that story in immediate family where they're in a plane and the pilot has to put it down in a field, and the pilot and the co-pilot just said, "Yeah, we're out of here." They quit right on the spot, walked just away. Walked away. Yep. Yeah. What story was I, that? I remember that. Yeah, they were going somewhere, yeah. Ohio yeah, or something. They were going somewhere. Some awful part. gig. Yeah. Just to answer uh, Joe's question with a smart aleck remark, I was in a four-seater that landed in a field. Joe, what do you think of that? Well, you're ahead of me. I have never done that. <laughs> Bob, well, you know what? Now you that you bring it up. you had to or no, that's where it, it, it landed? Was, that's where it landed. It oh, was landed taking big us to deals. Well, I've done that too, John. Took off and landed in a field. You've been, you've been, uh, you can get a green cart to fly, can't you? (laughs) Well, you you flew cardboard. I did fly cardboard. You know what's really weird, Kenny? Because we landed there, we had to take off too. Yeah, that's funny. Wow. <laughs> was your field was your field flat? Because I'm seeing uh, some it, airfield yeah. around the areas that they've got hills on them, and that's got to be a lot of no. fun. This was yeah. flat. It just, it had tight like wheel tracks. You know what I mean? So yeah. The pilot had to land. Basically, Did you have the, the big fat tracks. balloon tires on the plane? Oh, no, you have regular tires. <laughs> just regular tires. Yeah. Yeah. City boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. I also flew in a National Guard helicopter, which was weird as hell. Yeah, well, my... I flew in Fifi, a B twenty nine from uh, Green Fifi. Bay to Minneapolis. My first flight as a child was on a DC three. Well, you're pretty old. Oh. <laughs> Australia, home of Bianca Sensori. This woman that West has on a leash that he dresses in carpet remnants. You are obsessed string. with this couple. Yeah, I you think really it's. Uh, I think you have a special. I, I, I got off a good line about you, little Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Australia needs snake catchers. I'll say. After more than after more than that's not days. a snake. 
After more than three decades of catching snakes, Paul Newcomb is ready to retire, but can't find, uh, can't do it because he can't find younger people wanting to take over. Because they're all dead from something because everything in Australia will kill you. Every bug they got is full of poison and venom. Well, what? they got the spiders, you know. They got this, spiders the size of Volkswagens. Yeah, Why don't they just call Michael J. Dundee? Well, because he's no longer in the business. Never Never Safaris. That's right. Yeah. That's closed. All right. Oh, he was crocodiles, though. After Not going snakes. to the rescue of countless residents and businesses in and around Forbes in the New South Wales, central west of Australia for 30 years, he says he can't stop doing it. He says if someone calls me up to say there's a snake in their daughter's bedroom, I can't just say no. Hey, I'm no. not coming. After I'd gotten bitten once, I told you gutter snake. There's a snake in my Oh my, my god! I'm sorry I included that line. <laughs> Jeez, now. John. Have and you guys have you seen the viral video of the gal in India? She's got yes. the whole regalia on, yep. and there's a snake harassing people on the on the road. She's got a heater going. She grabs this snake like it's a twig, and it's no big deal, all the while holding the heater and just tosses it into the ditch. Yep. So cool. We better, uh, we there's better. another one, too, where uh, there, there's a mom, and she says, I heard a scratching in the wall, and there's a snake tail sticking out of the paneling from the oh, ceiling. Hell, See I'm burning the house And down. they ripped the paneling, and about 70 snakes fall Oh, out. no, it's, no. Yeah, yeah you oh, burned the house down. We better yeah. go get oh, Patrick. Oh, yes, sir. All right. Let's go get him. But I don't like serpents. Oh. I don't like snakes. Let's take care of things at home first, okay? That's what you do when you call welterheating.com. You're enjoying the nice weather right now, but don't get caught with your furnace, uh, with your boiler, with your whatever the case may be, air conditioner just around the corner. When you want to fire that thing up this spring, this summer, make sure it's ready. And if it made funny noises last year, then you're going to go with a company that's got 120 years underneath their belt. They've got certified techs, four generations of family members at Welter Heating. Ray and Welter Heating, serving the Twin Cities for 120 years. They really know their stuff. They've changed with technology. Their certified techs come out, and they're very professional. I've done business with Welter, and I can tell you right now, I give them a five-star rating out of five stars. You'll give that same rating after you call 612-825-6867, 612-825-6867 during business hours. A human being will answer your telephone call and guide you through the process. You want to go online? Go, go ahead, welterheating.com. You can book an appointment right there. Poke around their website. Great family to do business with. They'll keep you warm in the winter and nice and cool in the summer. Welterheating.com. Don't forget, heat up your shelter with Ray N. Welter. Hey, Pat. Yes, Joseph. How's it feel to be back at the, on the grounds of the old estate? Uh, I'm about a half a block from where I was, too. Uh, the garage is smaller, though. we gotta got to drive more carefully. But the sound of rackets hitting pickleballs is all over the... Uh, <laughs> The, the tennis courts up by the uh, main building have now been replaced by pickleball courts, and you can just hear pickleball, pickleball. Are you taking up the sport? Yeah, so why don't you jump no. in? 
little pickup no, game? Not. I am not uh, taking up the sport, and uh, but I, I could have been just. I was sitting out here on the deck, and I should have been. Uh, I could have been back at a home and fold. I saw two old guys wandering by here, about uh, about my age, and one of them was saying. And they're saying it's going to be raining Sunday, maybe Monday, too. And they were having a big discussion on whether it was going to rain or not. So I thought it was back home. But I got to tell you something, Joe. All right. There's a job opening. Yeah. Jonathan Harrison is going to get fired as my emergency contact. Okay. okay? Yeah. Because I, today I accidentally was signing off from the fellas this morning and got the emergency contact signal out there, the bat signal out there. Now, it was an accident. I did not have an emergency, but I still haven't heard from Jonathan. It said he was being notified. <laughs> He's apparently going to just let me die down here in Florida without doing anything about it. <laughs> Is he your emergency up. guy in Florida? <laughs> No, he's in, I think he's in Foley or someplace. No, you got to remember, Such has no idea who that is. I we have no do. idea what the hell you're talking about. We do, but uh, Joe doesn't. Yeah. Uh, well, know. Jonathan is uh, used to be a backup producer for us, and for now he's in soccer. Dollars. He still does the soccer stuff. Somehow he ended up in my phone as the emergency contact. But this was the first test for him, and he failed it miserably. I'm down here. Well, we know what he thinks of you. (laughs) That's right. He hasn't even even called to see if I'm still alive. Patrick, I wish you could see the look of confusion on the mayor's face right now. (laughs) He has no idea what's going on. No clue. You've asked me previously why I have him as the emergency contact, and if I knew that, I would be a lot smarter than I am, but somehow that occurred, and it's too humorous to replace him with anybody else, so I I keep telling him, if I ever run into him, I say, yeah, you know, get ready, baby, you got to call the ambulance if things are going bad. So. Are you fired up about the uh, touch football game this weekend? <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't they? They want us to. Is it, how did they do last year for the ratings? People didn't actually watch. Did they? Re- I oh, believe God. it outdrew the World Series, and I am not joking. <laughs> oh, it probably did. Oh, that's terrible. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, what, what I do. We were talking about this earlier. What I do think is funny is if somebody can't perform because they were hurt at the end of the season, they name a replacement, Joe. Yeah. For a game that doesn't exist, but we have replacements for, I guess, bonuses or something like that. So, it's, where, uh, where is this being held? Do we even know? I think it's Orlando. Haven't they moved it permanently to Orlando? Maybe that's it. So. Well, anyway, that's uh, the uh, who cares? Four Pro Bowl. Pebble Beach is on, and I'm wondering if they're getting rain today. They're supposed to be getting a lot of rain in that part of California. Yes, they were speculating on that yesterday that they were that they that the weather was supposed to be worse and uh, than it was. They got through yesterday, but they were speculating that uh, it was going to get worse over the weekend. That happens at this time of year. Obviously. Well, they're getting the Pineapple Express. Oh, oh what's that from? That's where, called where the Pineapple Express when they get this uh, torrent of 
uh, rain yeah. sweeping through the mountains and through the Nevada coming, mountains. Coming and, from Ohio, uh, from Hawaii. I guess so. I guess it yeah. comes from that area. Actually, yeah. it's the Calcutta Express. No, this is the pineapple. <laughs> Danny no, didn't know anything no. about the pineapple. He knew about no, the Calcutta. Wait. wait, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, Rory, I was watching a little bit yesterday, and Rory's cruising along, and all of a sudden he goes, bogey, bogey, and... He had to make a putt to avoid a double bogey. He went boom, 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 right down the leaderboard. Apparently, uh, Spyglass was playing easier than Pebble yesterday. Pebble must have been having rough weather because most of the leaders played Spyglass yesterday. And you, as a veteran of Spyglass, know that isn't an easy golf course. No, it is not. Say that Dunlap is playing in the tournament. Isn't he the kid, the college kid who won last week? He was struggling a couple of weeks ago. He was struggling along, and uh, his yeah, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Was he playing now as a pro? No, no. I think he's still an amateur. Oh, they, you know, nobody's going to complain about having him as their partner. He hasn't declared himself pro yet. I don't think. Okay. There's there's rumors that Lib is already trying to sign him, but uh, he's. I think that's being denied by most people. Have you been to the ballpark yet? I just drove by it. I have not been to the park. The, uh, it looks like they uh, planted new trees there. I did drive down. Uh, uh, we did drive down the uh, beach, though, uh, Fort Myers Beach yesterday. Pretty rough. From uh, We came in the Bonita side, and uh, you almost get downtown before you stop seeing the destruction. So mm-hmm. it's uh, especially, well, everything on the beach is uh, still closed, and uh on that side of the beach. And then on the other side, all those old houses that were occupied by people for 40 years mm-hmm. and, and they're smoking their marijuana and having a good time. Those, yeah. are, those houses are pretty well disheveled. They will, they will have, they will sell those lots for a huge profit and go about their way. I would think. When was that storm? Wasn't it? Le- uh, 18 months ago. Yeah. Cause when, when I was back there in March, it was it was really but it bad. was twenty twenty three was correct it? yes yeah mm-hmm. no it was for the the hurricane the hurricane was in twenty twenty two but uh, oh yeah, yeah that would yeah, make, that make sense because right. yeah. you got to go to the prior year yeah. yes 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 Matthew so, just uh, finished playing on Wednesday TPC Scottsdale it was all set up for the uh, turn and you said it was really cool hmm. oh they are uh, they have that's uh, you know they they ruined that thing though it used to be spontaneous and now they got huge bleachers over that par three hole and they made they made it premium pricing and you, you don't get the drunk college students like you used to out there on uh i was down there for a super bowl they they had it going by then the super bowl when the uh, giants uh beat the unbeaten patriots and that was all spontaneous then it was uh, right down the street from where we were staying and uh it was just a mob of uh, youth coming and uh, having a good time before they kicked off the Super Bowl. Yeah, the pictures he sent, it looks pretty commercialized now with the tents and bleachers and all that other stuff. Yes, but it's uh, it's a, I think they, I, I think they made it a mandatory event, though. I think they, I think they're going to get a good field for it, so. The uh, Timberwolves host the Orlandos tonight. Yeah, Orlando's, they got a good young team. They got Jalen Suggs, but they got this Juan Chero, who's uh, made the All-Star game. He's a second-year player. He's a dookie. He's a, yeah, he's a dookie. We had a big discussion today, Joe, on the Ranchero. Remember the Ranchero? <laughs> no. 
the Ford Rancheros? Oh, of course I do, yes. Yeah, I mean, didn't you ever want to have one of those in your youth? It was was the first car that was a truck, right? Wasn't it? It was kind of a car slash pickup truck. Kenny, did you ever have one? You ever have I, a Ranchero? The Ranchero and the El Camino, El Camino, to me, are the most offensive vehicles ever <laughs> made. And highly collectible. I cannot stand them. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, I'd take one, Pat. Ford Ranchero. Ish. Yeah. Ish. But the El Camino probably holds, outsold the Ranchero rather substantially, didn't it, Kenny? Um, you know, you see more of them so anyway. Why did they have to have Mexican names? I don't know. <laughs> like El Burrito or something oh, like that. That's, well, I'd, yeah. I don't know. They could have Hawaiian Samoan names because right. those guys all drive right in the back of the truck all the time. Last time I was out there, get, get, in the, get out of there. Somebody's going to fall out. You know, they're Jeez. going down the road Nothing. 80 miles an hour and they're all sitting on the back of the truck. It's uh, really weird. Nothing <laughs> says 70s than the. Wood paneled ranchero. Oh, on that the is side. cool. It's, uh, I'm looking up. It's a '79. Oh, I would own one oh, of those in a heartbeat. <laughs> They're collectible, we, baby. We had a wood pallet paneled station wagon once. The old man had. God, was that an ugly car? Because it's you know just the phony wood. Well, there. it was called a country squire. Yeah, yeah the was, Ford Country Squire. Yeah, we had a Country Squire. The old man had to uh, have a, always had to have a wagon. Well, yeah, to pick up, to pick up the business, you know. That's right. The business. <laughs> had, to, had to pick up. Had to pick up the inventory. That's right. <laughs> Is that the one the propeller went through the? No, hood? that was Pat's car. No, oh, that was my car. That was Aunt Peggy's car that I gave her a whopping hundred dollars for. And it wasn't a propeller, it was a fan blade. Yeah. Yes, a propeller. Cars don't have propellers. (laughs) Wow, the Ranchero started as a Falcon. Yep. Holy yep. moly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I like that car better than the Ranchero. The Falcon was small and sporty. The Falcon's <laughs> platform was the Mustang platform. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pat, well, it was great. really nice to chat with you. Well, I got to tell you, one of the great memories of my late great brother, Michael, yep. is as we were both gazing skyward <laughs> is that is that propeller went 150 feet in the air and came down and landed on our head. about eight more months out of that car before I totaled it for the third time and gave up. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, three totals is enough. Yeah. Yes, that's right. All righty. All right. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. The propeller blew up. Yes. Coast cities have invested untold billions of dollars in your money and our money, taxpayer money, on electric buses. Uh, they're failing in Asheville, North Carolina. 
because of software issues, mechanical problems, and difficulty getting parts. They're failing in Philadelphia. They're failing in, uh, uh, did I say Asheville? You did. They're failing in Denver. Uh, two of the four e-buses in Denver are not running. They cost $1.2 million a piece of your money. Uh, we got them not running in uh, California. Uh, I don't want to go into this. Uh, these are good public officials, and they're, they're trying to save the earth. And it's not their fault these buses don't work. So We ain't got them here. Yeah. Not yet, but these, well, only because they come to us all the way from, oh, by the way, just a minute, all the way from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. (laughs) Doorbell just rang. Is that Larry? Yeah. Larry's going nuts. I saw uh, pictures of where the 49ers and Chiefs are staying. If that's where the Lymans are staying in Lake Las Vegas, Nevada, it's really beautiful. Huh. Resorts. Sure. It's just fascinating. They got a pool? I think so. Uh, <clears throat> on this day, I'll mark you down. Uh, Feb second in eighteen forty-two, Newt Nelson. <laughs> Newt Nelson was born in Evanger in the Voss district of Western Norway. He oh, moved yeah. to Alexandria. You mean Knuts? Yeah. In eighteen seventy-one, and from eighteen ninety-three to eighteen ninety-five, he held the state's highest office, serving as the first Scandinavian-born governor in U.S. history. There's so many things named after him in uh, Alec. After his stint as governor, Nelson served in the U.S. Senate, where he wrote the bills creating the departments of commerce and labor. He died in nineteen twenty-three, and it's proof. <laughs> Proof that you're not a real Minnesotan if you're pronouncing his name Newt. Mm-hmm. The, you, you pronounce the K there. On this day, two, two. In 1846, Stillwater replaced Dakota as the county seat of St. Croix County, Wisconsin Territory. Later annexed by Stillwater, Dakota had been the county seat for six years. Mm-hmm. And on this day, February 2nd, in 1910, in an Important act of historical preservation. The daughters of the American Revolution bought the Henry H. Sibley House in Mendota and converted it into a museum, which they maintained for over 80 years before transferring the title to the Minnesota Historical Society. And finally, on this day, February 2nd, this day, Groundhog Day, 1996. You all should remember this. February 2nd. Minnesota's coldest temperature oh, ever. Embarrassed mm. Minnesota. Was 60 recorded below. at Tower, Minnesota. Dang it. Dang it. A minimum extreme of 60 below Fahrenheit that bests by one degree the previous scientifically measured low established in 1899. And you'll note the, uh, the weather record for the metro area on this day was a low temperature record, was 1996. The same year they were freezing up north, it was 32 below here in the seven-county metropolitan mosquito control district. I still have that newspaper somewhere. I, too, want to say embarrassed. I don't know why this day in history says tower. 
But uh, you know they're pretty close together. It's close enough. How far? It's pretty damn cold. Bragging rights. That's what they want. Pretty damn cold at sixty below Fahrenheit. Wow. And then, uh, so that was that record. It's about sixteen minutes. That's tower to embarrass. Same thing. Right. Same thing. Thank you, GLers. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. No football. I hope the country survives. Hail the Volk! Hail the Volk! Yeah, they they uh, dethrone the king tomorrow night. I don't know. You never know. Well, you don't. But you they've don't, always I mean, won. They've always won. They got a good record going. <laughs> Pretty darn good record. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, I got you covered because I opened the promos folder, went right to promo copy number three, which is Pod MN. Garage Logic is available on the Pod MN app or wherever you get your podcast. The Pod MN app is here to help Minnesotans discover all the great audio entertainment that Minnesota has to offer, including Garage Logic. From news and politics to sports and entertainment, download the Pod MN app in the Apple Apple Store or via Google Play. It's just that simple. Have a happy Groundhog's Day. Is it Groundhog's Day or Groundhog Day? Regardless, chop. <laughs> <laughs>